It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors return to the court tonight against the very bad Brooklyn Nets. And to bring in the occasion, we are going to answer questions from you, the listeners. Will Pascal Siakam's number 43 ever get retired? Why is R.J. Barrett seemingly so bad at defense? All that and so much more coming up on today's show with Katie Heindel. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, February the 22nd, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the horrible website, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and of course, you can join us in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. Come hang out. We'd love to see you there. Become part of our Lockdown Raptors listener community. A great place to be during games, which we have again tonight. That's fun. And of course, in between games, it gets, uh, you know, a little debauched with, uh, you know, insane fake trade ideas and all that good stuff. But it's fun. It's light. It's friendly. Come hang out. Uh, of course, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast on the audio app of your choosing. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, whatever the app is and whatever it tells you to do to support the podcast, please do that in whatever app it is. And of course, we are over on YouTube as well. You can subscribe to the channel, which now over 4,000 of you little sickos have done. Thank you so much, sickos. You're the best. Let's get another 1,000 of you sickos in there and get to 5K sometime soon. That would be swell. Um, and hit the notification bell when you're over there and you'll get a heads up every single time the show is going live or premiering via push notification. All right, today's show. It's brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs who help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedInMBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedInMBA. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And here today to answer a great many mailbag questions from you, the listeners, digging through the backlog from the last couple of weeks or so, it is the wonderful Katie Heindel, freshly returned from the wilds of Indiana at All-Star. Katie, how the hell are you? 
I don't know if fresh, freshly is generous. <laughs> Feeling it fresh. seemed like you were there like for a very long time, no? Like well past no. the end of All-Star, no? I just was there for an extra day because okay. it was $1,000 to fly back on Monday to Toronto from Indianapolis. Might as well bike home if that's the case. Damn, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I had a nice day in Indy. I got to awesome. do all the stuff I didn't get to do all weekend and check out some cool places, meet some cool people, eat some good food. So yeah. Awesome. Chill. Well, we're glad you're back. Uh, and we're glad you're going to have all-star tales to regale us with as we dive into the first of our listener questions today. And I promise this will be the last all-star discourse you hear on an NBA podcast, but you were at All-Star. You feel, you're also, I think, what I would qualify as an All-Star connoisseur, and I, I think you're a perfect person to ask this question from Duncan, which is, when does the NBA finally make some changes to All-Star Weekend to get the product to a point where people are genuinely excited to watch it? Uh, I've made my thoughts on this pretty clear. I think if you don't like the All-Star game, go on vacation. Do something else for that weekend. It's fine. Not everything has to be for everybody. And I'm of the mind that the All-Star game is mostly, outside of for the executives and the children of the executives of corporate sponsors, it's mostly just for the fans in the city in which it takes place. Uh, Tony East on Locked On Pacers did a great episode following All-Star just about how great it was, which was a nice refreshing bit of All-Star content. I'm not the kind of person who thinks grand sweeping changes need to be made here, Katie, but where are you at here? Obviously, you were there. You saw the LED court. You saw everything that went down with the lack of trying and the 211 points scored by the Eastern Conference. Are there changes you would make to make All-Star more appealing to a broader general audience? I was there and I saw Tony. Shout out to Tony. Ran into him a few times. What Hell a yeah. bright, sunny face. What a funny Great dude. Um, and, you know, to echo Tony's points, I was really impressed with how alive the city seemed, kind of like the energy just around it. Even the, the, you know, like I said, I stuck around an extra day. Even that day, like people were still, there was like a bit of an afterglow going on. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely think these kinds of things are for the city that they take place in. I will say in stark comparison to Salt Lake City last year, which like I was like, oh, yeah, these these guys are kind of into it. But like, you know, Indianapolis blew them out of the water just in terms of general excitement. It's the um, home of basketball, Katie. How could you be surprised? Uh, I mean, I also think the All-Star game is for children. Um, you know, <laughs> had a apt conversation with some people down there where, you know, it's a little bit like a visit to Disney World. Like you don't mm -hmm. you, you you do it once you see all the. You see all your favorite characters, right? Like you, you're mm -hmm. not going to have like a really, you're you're having like a tailored experience, but you're really not going to have to see. Well, I mean, you're not going to Disney World to see meaningful basketball. This is obviously where we stopped the analogy, but well, it depends on what, what year it is, Katie. Perhaps it's 2020, and we're uh, right back at Disney World for meaningful basketball. There you go. Um, it's just it. That's not what the All Star Game is for, and. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, to go back to the point of pro like being there, my favorite thing is to always take a couple laps during mm -hmm. the All-Star game around the concourse and see everybody in different teams' jerseys, mostly children, but also like adult freaks, like really getting into it. Like this is what <laughs> it's for. I also think there's a caveat in terms of the question of how do we make this something people are excited to watch about again? Because mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about this a little more, like why does it seem maybe not as special? Um, not just the all-star game, but perhaps the whole weekend. I think the way that we interact with basketball has changed so fundamentally and that it's 
it's all on all the time. Mm -hmm. We know what people are doing. You know, we're following like trades down to the minutia of the numbers um, and how long people are going to be in certain cities. We do like flight tracking. We follow people's personal profiles. You get to see stars paired on teams. Like to see, it was like weird deja vu to see like Giannis and Dame coached by Doc. <laughs> on the same team like you know like but they the, won this game Kate. yeah so someone pointed that out too it was yeah. great for doc but <laughs> to that point it's like it's not as much of like a standalone event i think as mm -hmm. it used to be it's not the only opportunity to see a lot of these people for yeah for the people in the city probably it is but um it it's changed because the way that we we interact with basketball has changed you know by necessity some of that is to the nba's own like they've pushed it to be this way. They want it to be a 24 seven, 365 days a year pastime and game and like hobby for people. And we've kind of gotten there. So in a way they've perhaps created their own problem. Um, if we are talking just like strict brass tacks of like what I think could be done, shorten the quarters, <laughs> maybe make it like 10 minute quarters. I think that would be fine. Um, start bump the game up a little bit earlier because you're going to have these giant broadcasts. Like you need to cramming all these commercials i guess mm -hmm. uh, during the game and there's going to be all these stops even if they this year you know like they did away with player intros because they listened to the athletes they didn't want those anymore there's still a million stops in the game because they had all these in-game activations and honoring people in the stadium so that stuff's still going to happen in the background maybe you can't get away from that or maybe they do get away from that and just actually treat it like a basketball game but mm -hmm. i think you know the game the all-star game is no longer the focal point of the weekend. Mm -hmm. But to me, I will also say <laughs> this all-star game wasn't fundamentally that different from any of the others I've seen live in that like the first five minutes are the most exciting and then you kind of tune out. Yeah. I, I felt that way before involved. I even started yeah. going to games. Yeah, I'm with you though. I got a lot of flack for that take, but I, I'm i with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we don't need to you know, keep on going over it, but it, just to kind of expand upon the point you made about it being a different world. I mean, Ben Chapman, our pal in the discord made a really good point this week uh, that I'll bring to the podcast. Shout out Ben. He gets really mad when I talk about how the Raptors should try to convey their pick this summer. We love Ben. Um, but his note was like, you know, in 2000, you didn't have league pass. You didn't have access to all these guys all the time. It was like a novel thing to see them in an all-star game. Cause it might've been one of the three times you get to see them all season long. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little bit more import placed upon it. I also think too, just like the way discourse has gone, the sort of quick jumping to meme anyone who screws up and look, am I upset about Jalen Brown getting memed to death? Shout no. out Nate Robinson. Uh, <laughs> that's what he told me. And then Jalen Brown said it on the podium. So that's I hope right. You right? read the article. <laughs> um but yeah like the the fact that the um the, the just like you can't have your cake and eat it too where you mm -hmm. want to have this discourse that's constantly cr critical and knocking dudes down and then ask why they don't want to put themselves out there for you know the potential of failure on the biggest possible you know stage in front of the most potential eyeballs like you can't have it both ways i think the deterioration of the quality of discourse has also kind of led to um just an, an apathy towards the approach to all these events and until we change that which i don't see changing anytime soon i don't see like yeah, that's a societal all -stars lining up yeah i was gonna say that's not a that is not <laughs> basketball specific unfortunately no. yeah <laughs> yeah uh the world is hell and the all-star game has been brought down because of it i think is the closing point 
on this argument. Uh, we're going to get into more Raptorsy stuff coming up in just one sec here, Katie. Uh, Pascal Siakam is going to get his number retired. Also, if you're someone who's budgeting time, what games should you prioritize in the Raptors schedule down the stretch? We'll get to all of that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role right away. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else, and LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. That's pretty sweet. LinkedIn Jobs knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. I've said this before. I used to be a hiring manager in one of my jobs and it's a lot. It can kind of be your only job. It's just a lot to handle. So if you're trying to juggle a million different things, it's just a really poor use of time. So let LinkedIn do the work for you. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. You should too. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We continue on here with Katie Heindel of Dime, of Basketball Feelings, of NBA.com slash Raptors.com over the weekend covering Scotty Barnes. Go read Katie's stuff about Scotty at All-Star over there. That's uh, about packing. <laughs> packing? With Scotty. Yeah. That's like, oh, so, well, I haven't read this yet. Uh, what are, um, what are his, like, is he like an underwear in the shoes guy? Well, so small plug for me. I went, I went to all-star with the Raptors. So yes. that was nice. Uh, and you know, a lot of, a lot of like lead up to the game, like in it, like a couple weeks ago, even in post games, you know, when he was announced, people were asking like, Oh, how does it feel? How does it feel? And he's like, I, I don't really know. And like with Scotty, I do feel like you got some of the stuff he says it is face value. He's not trying to be like, mm-hmm. you know, skirt the question at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he was on his podium, he said, it hit me yesterday. So when I got to chat with him in a little quiet area after his hectic <laughs> all-star podium, I was like, well, when, what did, what hit, how did it hit you and what were you doing? And he was like, I was packing, actually. <laughs> and there was something about that because I was like, that makes perfect sense. It's just this minutia thing mm-hmm. where you start to put in your suitcase all the things you're thinking about wearing what you're going to wear to certain days, you know, and just like time actually slowed down for him for the first time. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really lovely and also very relatable detail. hundred uh, percent. Packing has a way of making you evaluate your entire life choices. I think. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Maybe when you're unpacking, that's I, more I just, for me. 
I think for me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm packing for the person I want to be and not the person I am where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to pack all these luxurious shirts and all these different outfits. And I know I'm going to wear exactly two things while I'm on vacation and be a slob the whole time. I um, like I like that, Sean, though. Maybe next time, like lean into the impulse and like actually be the person you pack for. Uh, all right. Let's uh, go <laughs> to from one Toronto Raptors uh, all-star to a former Toronto Raptors all-star psychic. Asked a question from the Discord. Does Pascal's 43 get retired? Uh, lots of number retirement talk. Vince Carter yesterday saying he wants to go into the Hall of Fame as a Toronto Raptor, where it all started. Obviously, Kyle Lowry. We'll see what happens after this season. Perhaps this is his final go-around in the NBA. Um, I have a feeling Kyle's going to want to play until he's like 46, but who knows? Um, so, Katie, Pascal Siakam, number 43. Is that getting retired by the Toronto Raptors someday? It feels so premature mm-hmm. to talk about this. I like, I, but I genuinely want to say, like, I like that people are thinking about it this way because it shows a level of endearment. I think that felt occasionally absent during mm-hmm. his tenure, um, and and obviously a nod to the importance that he had, like in Toronto. Uh, sure, just given the fact that he was a homegrown star in the sense that he came up, you know, through the developmental program. Um, mm-hmm. One really big with a 905, one really big with the Raptors. Um, yeah, I'm also probably the worst person to ask about this because in my mind, I'm like, why don't you just retire every person you liked that played <laughs> yeah. for the team? Which some franchises do because there's not that many people to choose from and others, you know, and you've got like kind of a wealth of options mm-hmm. you've got to be a little bit more picky i guess but i'm mm-hmm. same with the hall of fame i'm like put everybody in there except yeah. the jerks you know so <laughs> put everybody up in the rafters luckily the raptors haven't actually had that many jerks so yeah sure yeah i yeah i know there's like a sort of you're kind of one of two ways right where you're very sort of exclusive with who you want to see either in a hall of fame or retired mm-hmm. by a team or you're just like, I don't know. That guy was cool. I was happy watching him. Put him in. I'm And I'm definitely in the latter half. Like, I would like to appreciate more players, whether it's for the Hall of Fame. Like, I think there should be a Hall of Fame for, like, cool role players. Like, I think Reggie Evans belongs in the Hall of Fame <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, whether it's just, like, a, a respect for his rebounds or uh, just, like, the full-on role player wing. Um, you know, memorable dudes, I, I think, belong somewhere in the museum about the, the NBA and sort of the, tells the story of the league and all that. As far as number retirements, I do think I feel very strongly that the first Raptors number retirement has to be Kyle Lowry. Um, I, I think over Vince, is, over Vince, because I think the tax you pay if you're Vince Carter for the way things ended is you don't get to be the first guy with your number retired. And they've waited long enough at this point. He's been retired for a few years now. Kyle's inching closer towards not being in the league anymore. One would think, just as the you know the slow crush of time buries us all. Um, I, I think. <laughs> I think uh, Kyle, because of his contributions to the championship and the best run the team ever had, has got to be first. And then I think you start to do it a little bit more sort of, all right, now Vince. And then whenever DeMar retires, probably DeMar. And then Siakam after that. Uh, I do think Siakam should get his number retired. He was part of the championship team. He was the number two scorer on the championship team. He hit the literal championship winning bucket. And as we talked about a bunch, he was emblematic of everything that worked about the Toronto Raptors during their best run as a franchise. 
And so I'm fully on board with retire Pascal Siakam's 43. And yeah, you know, at, at some point we get to the time where all of the numbers have been retired and everyone has to wear like number 93 or something. I think that's fun and cool. That's like the one admirable thing about the Montreal Canadiens is they are like, we're going to retire all of our former legends and all of our current players are going to have to wear number 56 because none of the cool numbers are left. And I think I like that's it. pretty fun. Okay. Um, but the last thing I'll say is the Raptors yeah. do have a big anniversary year next year. They do five. So that's why I feel like I, I hear what you're saying about Vince Carter. I feel like he has his, his, the end of his career was a bit of a tax for him. And <laughs> he got booed to smithereens all time sure. but like every time but once since he, he mm -hmm. came back to toronto so i do wonder if that might be something that's cooking yeah i, I mean that's very possible but like i Look, I am all for fun nostalgia next season, Katie. And ultimately, I won't be upset if we get You're a gonna get harder it. night. Well, That's great. Like, what what else do they have? It's going to be lit nostalgia. <laughs> we need purple jerseys. Um, yeah. We need to go back to the original scheme and logo and all that. We need to rehatch the Raptor, uh, all that stuff. I, I think, yeah, it's got to be a... Uh, They're going to uncover the bones of stripes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In like an archaeological dig, they set like up the opening scene of Jurassic out. Park where they're <laughs> digging up the raptor. No, oh, it's poor stripes who everyone hated. Poor stripes. <laughs> stripes, you know, stripes had a tough go, right? Like, yeah. you know, the raptor goes out with the Achilles injury. Everyone's like, oh, this guy, Ugh, come on. But yeah, I think stripes went on to a noble career. Isn't stripes still working for the 905? I haven't seen stripes and, in years and not buried in the ground. Uh, hopefully, I think he's in the, the tar pits. <laughs> Paleontology talk here on Locked On Raptors. Uh, let's go to another quick question here before we kick to another break. This one comes from Green Giant JG, which is I'm very limited with what games I can watch due to time zones and having a one month old. What three remaining Raptors games should I have in the calendar, or should I just give up this season and watch Siakam and the Pacers for the rest of the season? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, watch Siakam and the Pacers is probably the answer here, Katie. But looking at the, the Raptors schedule, schedule oh mm -hmm. yes, we're going to do some good looking at the schedule today. The best kind of podcast content there is. Um, for me, Katie, look, I'm a big proponent of just like watching cool players against the Raptors and seeing how admirably they play against them. And I do think the Raptors this season have been the type of team that tends to play up to their competition. So I'm mm -hmm. not saying go tune in for a game against the Pistons because they're probably going to lose that game. Um, my first choice here, I think, is probably I like a late game. I like when they play the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to go Monday, March 11th in Denver at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I think it's a perfect time to watch a basketball game. You could still do some stuff with your day and then go watch Raptors Nuggets. Uh, I'm not sure which time zone Green Giant JG is in, but maybe if they're more Western, this is a more conducive time to watching with a one-month-old. Um, so that's my first choice here is March 11th against the Nuggets, a team the Raptors have traditionally played pretty well. Although, uh, of course, you know, it, it gets a little hairier when you don't have OG and Obi to guard Nicole Jokic, as the Raptors learned when they played Denver earlier on in the year. Um, where are you at, Katie? What's what's a game that you have that's that's piquing your interest if you're uh, kind of scouting the schedule here? Yeah, uh, I'd say for I'd say probably first the Suns game. If, okay. if Scotty's on Katie or something like that, that yep. could be like a fun proposition. Thursday, um, March 7th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Raptors like Suns at the I Brooklyn probably won't be Center. watching that game. 
you know I don't I don't really like a late game. No, um, no. Also, I guess lol let's say 9 p.m. is late, but hey, <laughs> I know myself. Um, we need to accept when we've become washed. I think that's all good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's good. I also think like, you know, that's a team you haven't got, got to see them go up against too much this year. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could be a fun, that could be a fun one. Yeah, I think also, you know, tomorrow night, Raptors Hawks mm. in Atlanta. Yeah. And sorry. the the rivalry between Devin Booker and the though this is on the road, and I guess yeah. the Raptor probably won't be there, but there could be like phantom PTSD. They should the travel book. the Raptor to Phoenix to haunt Devin Booker from a full arena. Um, although I, I don't know if there's like I feel like the Raptor has some sort of diplomatic immunity at Scotiabank Arena, probably not so much in phoenix but we'll see um i think this is a great call though I- i'll also say tomorrow against atlanta the mm-hmm. Raptors always play totally insane games against the hawks and if you're the type of person who is hoping for a miracle run through the play-in uh for the toronto raptors down the stretch which at this point i think they're five games back of the atlanta hawks tomorrow's kind of the last chance saloon this is the dying moment of the play-in chase for the Toronto Raptors. If they can beat the Nets tonight and then take down the Atlanta Hawks on Friday, all of a sudden, maybe they cut it to three and a half, three games, something like that. And you're looking at, oh, okay, maybe there's something cooking here. If you're a little sicko like me, who is very invested in getting one single play-in game and a revenge date against the Chicago Bulls. Um, so I think that's where uh, where I'm at there, Katie. Um you have a couple of games against Miami down the stretch. Those are interesting. Kyle I don't Lowry mind. Back in town on, on I Sunday don't mind the Sixers. I would pick the second night of the back-to-back against the Magic. Okay. Because that could get squirrely, and that's a fun right. team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that could, like, energy match with Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. And then i probably pick, to me, it's, like, between the Sixers and the Bucks. Right. The Bucks are a bit of a drag to watch. So um I would say the Sixers because in all likelihood Kyle Lowry will be mm-hmm. uh the new addition and playing at that point. And we haven't seen him there yet this season. Mm-hmm. Uh and Tyrese Maxey's fun as hell to watch. And Embiid might be back by then. He maybe. could be back by then. So maybe? that I think that's probably that might be my top pick. That's a good one. Also, we were messing. We didn't say Wednesday, March twenty seventh against the Knicks. Uh, hopefully, OG's return game as well. That could be some fun times if he's back on the floor. Uh, we got a couple more questions, Katie. We're going to get to to round out the show. We'll get to those coming up in just one second. I'm talking about Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett and our hopes for the rest of the season coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all of the land. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. It's just 5 bucks, and that is a pretty sweet deal. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I'm not much of a sports wagerer myself, but when I do dabble, I, I, I tend to have some success. I don't know if this is like a, a brag of any kind, uh, you know, but, you know, little futures bet. I tend to know who's going to win the championship. I'm just really good at seeing the future. I had the Nuggets last year, got them at like 18 to one, and I was very happy when they ended up winning the title. So if you feel like you can be, uh, you know, a medium who can predict the future and who's going to win the NBA championship, maybe you just pick the Nuggets again because they're pretty darn good, even though they've played not so great lately. You can go and do that over at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel. 
FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we round out the show here with Katie Heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings, rounding out the show with a few more mailbag questions from you lovely listeners out there. This question here comes from Skip to My Lou, and the question is, what would you like to see out of Emmanuel quickly for the rest of the year, Katie? Uh, we talked a couple days ago with Big V about the sort of Scotty IQ tandem and what we want to see there. But is there anything beyond that or, you know, tied to the Scotty Barnes on court chemistry that you are hoping to see from Emmanuel quickly down the stretch of the season? I think there's been a lot of good with quickly. There's been a little bit, maybe that's not quite been up to what people had hoped. Where are you at with quickly his performance so far and what you're hoping to see for the last 27 games out of the Raptors starting point guard? I don't think my generosity towards him has changed in the sense of he needs time to acclimatize. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, yeah, I think he's shown that it's like, it's tough. I think you get, you fall in with a new team. You can kind of hit your stride really fast and then there will be growing pains and adjustments necessary. So I think really that's what we're seeing. I also, you know, he was never, it's like such a dream to think, you know, this person's going to come in that will turn the team around and they're going to just be playing a whole different style of basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that's not what I was expecting, but I'd love to see more encore chemistry with Scotty. But I mean, I'm stoked for him. I'm stoked for what this could look like going into next season. Of course, it would be so fun to get into a, you know, play in situation. I don't know how likely that is, but just to extend oh, the runway. Highly unlikely, Katie. A little bit. Probably not going down. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, why not? I'm flying high. I've had a really strong copy this whole show. So uh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> but I think just generally to see how he fits and to see, you know, it, it might be not enough time the, for the rest of the season for him to like kind of step into new roles or like, you know, whether that's defensively or somewhere else. So I think just, yeah, explore the chemistry a little bit more. That feels mm -hmm. realistic. Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's been quite understood or like played up enough that the change in quickly style of play has been so vast from what he was asked to do with the Knicks, right? Where mm -hmm. he was just this electric off the bench scorer who wasn't even really asked to pass all that much. He was just like, all right, come in and score for us, please. Cause we need someone to carry the bench while Jalen Brunson sits and his just switch into, okay, now you're the lead guard running the offense you are everything's flowing through you you're also a really key off-ball player working off of our foundational piece in scotty barnes mm -hmm. you're adding this element of vertical three-point shooting that the team has not had in a long time you know it, it's just like a huge change in role and i think it's totally understandable that there have been some bumps in the road as he's gotten accustomed to the job and i still think the way he's performed specifically as a playmaker has been well beyond what I thought he'd be doing this soon into this new role and job. It's been really impressive the way he's adapted to the playmaking and point guard stuff. You know, the the sort of working off ball from another player and building the chemistry with Scotty Barnes, that's going to come in time. 
he's 24 years old, right? Guards take some time to come into their own. Like, I think the sweet spot for most guards is like 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. And so I still think there's plenty of great stuff in front of Emmanuel quickly with the Raptors. And just because it hasn't been super smooth, and really we're talking about two-point finishing. That's kind mm -hmm. of the only place where it's not been impressive. He's at 39.7% on twos. You want better than that. But his entire career, he's been better than that. You would think that's going to stabilize at some point here. And when it does, and you combine it with what he's done as a three-point shooter, as a as a creator, I think it's really going to gel into this really, really exciting, fun player who I think is a totally warranted guy to bank on as a number two next to Scotty going forward. So, um, yeah, a, a continuation of the learning of the gig is kind of where I'm at with quickly. And, yeah, if he can finish through contact and close a little better, that would be nice too. Um Next question here from comes from KJ on the other newer Toronto Raptor. Why isn't RJ a better defender? He works hard, I assume, as a smart basketball player. Is it effort or something else? This one's kind of baffling me, Katie, because he's not a good defensive player right now. He seems strong and athletic and powerful and smart and like should have all the tools to be a very good defensive player. He's had moments with the Knicks where he has been in the past, but also moments where he's not been. I... This one's I'm scratching my head a little bit on this one, Katie. And it, like it has to come along. This is something that this is like a swing skill for RJ Barrett, I think, as far as like long term upside and all that, especially on a team that needs wing defense. It needs bulk on the wings. Where are you at? Do you have any theories as to why RJ has been so lackluster on that end of the floor? You know, contrasting the incredible work he's been doing on offense since he became a Raptor. Yeah, I mean, I think it it goes back to something you just said, which is um, you got to like, he's being asked, his role has expanded mm -hmm. again so much since what the dimensionality of it on the Knicks. Um, I would also say, and you and I have talked about this earlier this season, def like defensive identity and defensive schemes are still a little bit of a question mark, mm -hmm. you know, for this team, not in that. Can they do it? They can do it. Cause we've seen them when they dig in and understand the assignment, but like, it can be a bit spotty. Um, the whole team, I would say, has issues some nights switching from one to the other. I think partially that is due to their age. Partially mm -hmm. that is due to, yeah, like brand new assignments and kind of understanding the flow of things. Some of it has to do with urgency. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you're more incentivized to play defense, I think, when you... I have I stuff to play for and are when good. When you're winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't want to say, like, I'm not going to pin it all on that, but that, you know... It's got a fold human into nature it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's probably a combo. I don't think it's, it's like certainly not a lost cause. He is pretty like, he's not pretty. He's a very intelligent player mm -hmm. uh, who didn't really get to showcase. I'd say that intelligence all the time with the Knicks. It's been nice to see him where he can like step out into that with the Raptors. So I think it will come. This probably is such like a, my answers are very boring in terms of they're always like, yeah, just give it some time, which That's is like antithetical. The to party NBA basketball for this team right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But uh, I just, yeah, I think that's it. Because when you see the flashes, you can, you see it's there, like you can recognize mm -hmm. it. So it's putting all of those pieces together and making them work at the same time, which is, it's just difficult. Like you don't necessarily think of him as a young player in the sense of like, you think of Scotty Barnes as a young player, but in what he's being asked to do, Mm -hmm. It's a, he is a young player. He's kind of relearning as if he he's joined a new team. It's a little bit like he's in the league again, kind of for the first time. So, mm -hmm. yeah.
He is 23. Uh, 23 he is also, yeah. He's bad at defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he's, uh, he's, it's crazy how he's only 23, but he's only mm-hmm. 23. So, yeah, I think a little bit of grace and time is uh, what this whole group kind of needs uh, in a lot of respects. And, I, yeah, I think, you know, do I ever expect RJ to be a wing stopper type? No. But can he be a perfectly cromulent guard at the two, you know, to, to defend and not get blown by? I think that's there for him with a little bit more sort of, again, defensive identity, I think is a really big thing and figuring out exactly what the plan is for this team, which I don't know if they have a plan right now. And hopefully over 27 games with the same roster, they start to carve out some kind of plan that you can build upon. That would be a big help season, for, for sure. everybody. It would answer actually probably a lot of these questions. hundred uh, percent. That's going to do it, Katie. We do have one last quick mailbag question, but I'm going to add some drama to it and do it after I ask you to plug some stuff before we get out of here. What you got? Uh, uh, the Scotty Barnes piece, which you already plugged. So that is on Raptors.com. Um, if you would like to, it's evergreen to me, though it was about the dunk contest, but I interviewed Nate Robinson um, and we talked a lot about why it takes courage to dunk uh, and his own experiences, personal and professional. I also interviewed Giannis. Uh, the, so the Giannis piece and the Nate Robinson piece are both on Dime and you can subscribe to Basketball Feelings at basketballfeelings.com. Do it. Do it. It's the best. It's my favorite email. The only email I read, frankly. Uh, sorry to people who are trying to get in touch with me, but if you had to ask about feelings as your header, I would read it. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry, David Locke. <laughs> but basketball knows, feelings in your... <laughs> he knows to text me and not send me emails at this point. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we do have one last question here from Loquacious Drew. Before we get to it, just a reminder, you can follow the show, uh, You know, tell a friend, etc. on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. It's always appreciated when you do that. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about Raptors Nets. But this question from Loquacious Drew to round it out. What's more likely? Our favorite parlor game here. The Raptors getting the number one pick. Are you making the over-shoulder shot at the end of your pod? Uh, for the video viewers, you know what I'm talking about. The listeners at the end of the show in my new office, my basketball net I have on the wall is like very close. And I've been doing the Michael Scott catch you on the flippity flip at the end of every episode. I think it's been like 15 episodes. I'm 0 for 15 and I'm starting to get really mad and have a bit of a complex about it. The Raptors right now have a 9% chance of winning uh, the draft lottery in their current station. Uh, I am not shooting 9%, but maybe with this end of a podcast shot, I'll get closer. We'll see. Thanks so much for hanging. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. No! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.